Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tranquil Leaves podcast. Little Leaf. Little Leaf. Hey, My guys. Name My name is Risha. And we're here for the fifth episode, the fifth installment. What? It's already been five of these. But it's been like a week. I stopped, so, I stopped counting, so I don't even remember what episode this is supposed to be. Well, I only know because... Well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I only I know because last week one. Oh, gosh. All right. This is crazy. Well, today I'm drinking some agua, some aqua, some mizu. I don't know how to say water in Chinese. I feel like I should. Hushui, I think. Oh, girl. Yeah, no, I know that. How how much did that teach me how to say water? I'm just playing. What are you doing? Uh, I actually just finished a cup of three mint tea, three mint puka tea. Really Ooh. good tea, guys. It's supposed to help like your metabolism and everything. And now I'm just drinking water. You know, staying hydrated. You know how we do. We take care of the temple that the soul resides in. We, yes. we love tea, but you know, we still gotta hydrate sometimes. Yes. That's what okay, I'm about. So. All right. Well, let's get started. All right. <laughs> so we're gonna. <laughs> It is it is in the best of my own interest to preface this episode by saying that I'm not a professional astrologer. Same. I don't know a lot of stuff. But this week we're going to be talking about astrological returns because Risha is on the brink of her or beginning. Yeah, on the brink. Wait, when does it start start? Today. Oh, well, she's well, officially going through her center return, y'all. Here's the thing. I'm going through a double return, guys. So my Mars return started April 9th. And my Saturn return, we're recording this um, April 14th, starts today. So I'm going through a double return right now of Mars and Saturn. So, yeah. <laughs> And before we talk about, you know, what a return is, we got to talk about what a return is. <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing this week. Uh, for reference, I am using a website, Planetary Returns. It's ValkyrieAstrology.com slash uh, makeover slash planet slash planetaryreturns.htm if you're curious. More so for the dates. Um and so the astrological planets, we have the moon, the sun, and then all nine planets in the solar system, plus Chiron. Now, when it comes to some of the outer planets, like Neptune and Pluto, it takes them so long to orbit around the sun that we don't get a Neptune return or a Pluto return in our own lifetime. Um, Pluto takes about 248 years to make it to the same spot in the sky. Neptune takes 164 years. Now, if you live a, a biblical life, you know, <laughs> they live to be hundreds of years old, then maybe you made it through a few Pluto returns, and I can't even imagine. But Neptune, I guess we'll go further out, from further out to closer in. Um, Uranus happens every 84 years. And so if you live long enough, 
<laughs> if you live long enough, you'll get any number of these, right? But Uranus will return every 84 years. Chiron returns every 50 years. Saturn returns of roughly every 29 years. Jupiter, roughly every 12 years. Mars, roughly every two years. Venus and Mercury and the Sun, you get one of those a year about. And then the Moon is every 27 and a half days. You'll get um, a lunar return. And, you know, we go through about 12 or 13 full moons, new moons in a year. So you can imagine how you would get a more frequent lunar return. Um, right. And then... And I, sorry. Oh, no, no. So, like, if we're talking about planets that we don't live to see the return anymore, right? Because mm -hmm. the human lifespan is, let's just say it's 100 years and less. So, if we're talking about Uranus, and we were to survive, was it Uranus? That that was Uranus is eighty four years. Eighty four years. So if we, I mean, let's start with Pluto. Let's start with Pluto. Like that's the end. Like you were saying, <laughs> two hundred forty eight years. Fun fact: yeah. America is going through its Pluto return since seventeen seventy six, the fourth of July. Oh well, I guess we're we're in the we're in the neighborhood. I think it exact in twenty twenty three. That's in two years. Exact Pluto return. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's also, according to somebody somebody on Twitter, the average age of an empire is about 250 years. And <laughs> we, we're in the process of uh, <laughs> a lot of stuff is coming to the light here. And I guess I mean, that's not surprising because Pluto, if you think about Pluto, Pluto is the planet of like death, but it's also the planet of transformation. Right. Right. And the unconsciousness. So either you die by letting something go and transform or you're just <laughs> left in the dust, I guess. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, people ain't going to put up with foolishness forever. Right. And also it's about, um, well, I guess you get Uranus every 84 years. And I feel like Uranus would kind of, I feel like Uranus would be positioned to keep you current. Right. Uranus is the planet of change and revolution. Right. But it's also the planet of innovation. Right. So and that so, would make sense. Well, but maybe, I guess, so that would be maybe more in the, like a technological sort of way. Uh, or like a, an infrastructure way, maybe Uranus. Right. But Pluto is more like, it's maybe a little bit more all-encompassing. Or it's a little bit more about the lived experience because you know pluto the master of the underworld that's where you know our souls go after they pass from this plane mm -hmm. and so it may be more about the experience if you look at some of the empires in the past maybe they fell because i mean you know when caesar got the stab it was because <laughs> some kind of way you had caligula and nero who weren't great emperors and their people didn't like them we're seeing more and more all over the world, people rising against their government saying, we ain't taking this no more. The government's killing them. It's like, girl, you're not doing yourself any favors. <laughs> you're not making yourself look any better. Um, and it's all on this sort of global stage. Mm -hmm. You can't and, expect the same things to work for 300 years, right? Right. You got to change something because we're slowly, we're, you know, not even slowly, I would say. Like we're evolving pretty fast, pretty quickly. Like look at the age of technology, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
you can't expect something that worked 300 years ago to work to work now. You know, even though some people would claim that they would, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, I wish I could go back to the 1700s. Now the Ren fairs, Renaissance fairs, I've never been to one personally. <laughs> oh my god, I have. There's but so much fun. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> not to get too distracted, uh, too far off uh, topic. Um, but also with America sort of going through its Pluto return, America is kind of sort of a lot of countries on this planet puts America on the pedestal. And so just as it's like whoever you elect to lead, you sort of take on some of their, I don't want to say karma, but it's like if they're going through something, then it's going to impact you. And especially like the podium, the pedestal, the spotlight that people put America in. There's some people outside who are like, you know, from the inside, I'm like, you know, maybe they're getting the 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 story that they haven't been getting this whole time because the news has been maybe uh, certain things were favored over other things. But there are some people who are legitimately concerned and what it would mean for the world if one of the prime superpowers that is America were to fall. Um, but also, I guess, through 2020, we saw some other rising powers. I don't know. I'm not... <laughs> Like uh, I, I, I extremely well informed, but I think India, maybe through the vaccines or maybe through research or something like that, India was actually positioned to come to the forefront a little bit while America was falling behind. And like you said, you can't go 300 years without staying fresh or current or making sure like you look good. Right. right. Uh, and so yeah, I guess we're kind of sort of seeing all over. Not say because of America, but you know, and I guess Hong Kong has been mm-hmm. for a minute. I've been seeing news of their like protests and stuff like that. Yeah. So we ain't necessarily the first, but um, yeah, that's a Pluto return. A country <laughs> or an empire will experience that. Um, and apparently a lot of them don't survive it. Mm-hmm. Now, 164 years, I don't know what that would be. Uh, what about Neptune? Neptune is 164 years. Right. And that's, so, the planet of, that's really funny because Neptune is like the planet of like idealism, dreams, illusion, right? It's the veil planet. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's interesting. Mm, well, let's 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 do a little bit of a little bit a little bit of math. Seventeen seventy six plus one eighty four is nineteen sixty. In the sixties, was that when the Flower Children were doing their thing? I think so. I mean, that was the age of when people were like coming into like their spirituality. Right. They call them hippies, you know what I mean? But it's the same thing as like a lot of like metaphysical, right? People were all about, you know, love, not hate, right? Yeah, a hippie is a member of the counterculture of the 1960s. Yep. Yeah. So that would have been about the time where, you know, the hippies came out and it's all about love and not war. And- yeah, spirituality, yeah. That would make sense for them. That does make sense. And especially, you know, the drugs. <laughs> <'Cause>, you know, <laughs> Neptune also... 
It, it does some of that mind-altering substances. Um, it can also be the realm of Neptune. So, oh my gosh! But now I'm like, like, what was the hippie? Like, where were the Roman hippies? What was that like? Was that a thing? Anyway, so um, back to this. <laughs> Let's bring it back to back to this. That was interesting, though. I wouldn't have even thought about that. Right. Wow. Okay. Now I'm wondering. Right, because they had protests back then for like human rights and things like that. Right. They were doing it back then. And I know um, one of somebody in my life from a previous, from an older generation, um, when everything sort of started to uh, come to the forefront a year ago, almost um, last year, she was, you know a child of the, maybe not a child of the 60s, but she was active in the 60s when everything was going on. And she was like, you know, I thought that we, I thought we was this. I didn't know it was still this bad. Right. That's also one of the things about Neptune is that without, I feel like for Neptune, like it has to be sustained and it has to be sort of, maintained because it is the planet of illusions. It is the planet of, of like the, the, the trip, right? Mm-hmm. And without actions or without something around that, then it's like we come out of it. And it's back to business as usual. Mm-hmm. And so I guess, you know, not even uh, let me do some quick math, not even 80 or a little bit, a little over has it been? No, no, girl. Hold up. I'm like, it ain't been 80 years since the 60s. Hello. No. Like 50 years. What, what's 248 minus 164 is a 4. 1776 plus 248 is 2024. That's a 3 years. Plus one sixty four is nineteen forty. Girl, hold up. Where my math? Where my math? Where my math? Nineteen forty. So it's the forties, not the sixties. Well, what was going on in the forties? That was after the Great Depression. I mean, things started to liven back up. I guess was it after the Great Depression? Prohibition. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, oh, that I'm was the 1940s. history. Heads up, so. <laughs> I'm, we're, we're using our good friend Google. <laughs> what was going on in the 40s? So, 1918, that was prohibition. So, I'm curious. We'll just do a quick Google search. I mean, we had the roaring 20s right. before the Great Depression. Was there a. Oh, World War II was in the 40s. World War One. When did that end? In the thirties, maybe. Oof. <laughs> well, <laughs> so we were we were at war in the forties, and it is the war that kind of sort of ended the Great Depression. Right. And maybe I don't know if Pluto is necessarily a planet of karma, but I think it is interesting that some of the themes that were prevalent during that time 
are kind of sort of coming back now. Like, you know, we're seeing the resurgence of, are we saw the resurgence of certain folks who believe certain things? Right. That was, you know, really big and during the 40s that was leading a lot of um, not great things. We saw them kind of sort of come back in a way. Right. Man, that just crashed my little flower child dreams. I, I like, mean, oh, but like, if you wait. think of it, like you were saying, this the planet of illusion. So like people right. were under their own how do I want to word it? Like not seeing the truth. They're wearing the rose tinted glasses, right? Right. Not seeing the source of the problem, but like just seeing it the way they wanted to see it. So that could also be like a Neptune. And especially like the sort of some of the people in positions to because it's like you you like low key think about it, and it's like it, it plays on something that's already there first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like how did they get so much like traction? And then after it's all over, you have people who you know who regret what they did and it's like I can't believe like we actually thought that I can't believe we sat idly by, but then it's like as this Neptunian illusionary wave is just like taking us down whatever path. It's it's crazy. I wonder if it was I wonder if it was in retrograde during that time. Well, so the planets will retrograde a few times. Right. So I'm sure it, like it would have retrograded at some point during that time. Right. But if it was retrograded during like specific points or during mm-hmm. specific moments, then that would be, you know, worth looking into. Right. Let's see. Retrograde Neptune retrograde nineteen forties. Let's see. I don't even was Neptune when was Neptune even discovered? I feel like that's a good question. <laughs> that's good. Cool. Yeah, it it uh it retrograded a few times in the forties. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. And like these, so like a Mercury. Oh, that's something else. What we could have. Well, we're talking more about returns, right? Retrogrades, but Mercury will retrograde like three times, three or four times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, Venus retrogrades. Is it every like year and a half or something like that? They all have their own different retrograde timing. But like a lot of the outer planets, they'll retrograde for quite a uh, quite a bit. Mercury, it's so close to the sun, it retrogrades a lot. I think the closer to Earth, the less frequently it'll retrograde because we're more relatively sort of in the same space, moving at similar speeds. But right. that could be another episode. But yeah, I'm sure it, it yeah it retrograded in that period. Um. But wow. So, but at first we weren't in it. Mm-hmm. But I think it might have also been around that time. Again, I'm not a history major. I'm I'm not extremely knowledgeable. <laughs> but that might have been around the time America was really becoming a superpower. Mm-hmm. And then I guess well the atomic bomb detonated in the forties, so that's not great. But because um, 84 times two, I'm trying to see if maybe there was a little bit of 
84 times 2 is 168. So we would have had a little bit of uh, Uranus, a second Uranus return mm-hmm. in about that space. And Uranus being that planet that can hold um, innovation and things of that nature. With Neptune, it's like not every dream is a good one. Some of them are nightmares. And there was there were definitely some nightmarish activities going down. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some sentiments that really, some sentiments that were, uh, I don't, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, they really came to the light at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And then in the 60s, you know, that's when we're doing, like, the peace and love, like, make love, not war, and all of that, to the point where maybe we thought it was gone. But come to the Pluto return, it's like, oh, no, girl, it's it's still here. Right, because that makes sense, because Pluto is the unconscious, right? So those things that weren't fully dealt with are coming back up. Right. Mm-hmm. And coming up in a way that will very much so in things if it's not taken care of. Exactly. And a lot of empires, they fall apart from the inside. It's not somebody outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess we ain't necessarily got to get full into it, but there are, I think it's interesting that sometimes we can see um Instead of us looking at our own actions, or instead of us looking at the reasons why someone would bring a concern to our attention, we will call that, like the fact that someone makes something known or speaks to something, we'll call that divisive, rather than the actual divisive divisive actions that are being taken. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, it's. I guess we'll be seeing more and more and more. It's. 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 It's civil rights. It's disparities between people of different cultures here. It's. It's with the children and what's happening to children and law enforcement and like. It's a lot of stuff coming to the light. And you know, not addressing it is not a solution. Fortunately, though, in some ways, it does seem that. They're at least the younger generation, and not just the younger generation, because there are some from older generations as well. But it seems that the younger generation is a lot less likely to let things just run mm-hmm. without any kind of sort of checks or balances. Um, and so that's reassuring, um, too. I feel like there there are some rays of hope, and there are some stories and examples of us doing better or getting it right or at least making the effort and taking the initiative in some respects and regards uh, didn't necessarily know <laughs> we was getting into all this today but it's cool I mean, it's coming up like because we're talking about all the planetary returns so right you know America's, it was bound to come up it's okay return. Amer- and yeah. america's pluto is in scorpio I feel like America's Pluto and Scorpio is really interesting for what it was at its inception. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people sort of praise like American democracy, like there's no monarch, there's mm-hmm. no one person who rules um, indefinitely or for their lifespan. There isn't like a royal family, even though apparently like most of the presidents are related. Uh, and so it, it kind of sort of was revolutionary and at least historically when you read, but if you read about your own country, of course they're going, anyway, it, at its inception, it was doing something new. 
but it reminds me of maybe it's the Gettysburg Address. But it was one of the presidents delivered a speech. I think it was the Gettysburg Address. When and he was like, you know, we are currently in a time of seeing whether a nation that was birthed in all of these concepts and birthed in all of these ideals can long stand, whether it can face or whether it can face the reality of growing times and changing times and especially for the mixing pot and the melting pot that it is, it's like you would it reminds me of like my university, they cut dining. And before they cut dining, the food was really good. And they're like, you know, we're known for our amazing food. And then they slash the budget in dining. <sighs> and But they're still like, you know, we're known for our amazing food. But it's like, girl, but like, y'all ain't even doing that no more. And right. so it is a little bit of that energy of like, you know, we're like, oh, we're this melting pot. And like, there are so many different people from so many different cultures here. And it's amazing. But like, how are y'all treating them now? Like, like, what's the quality of life? And I guess it did. It really built itself. Maybe it was again. Maybe it was around that Neptune return time, okay. where it really began to build itself as the place that a lot of people sort of want to go. And actually, because of again, our history is our history. Um, but because of like Japanese internment during World War II. I feel like people would have already sort of been coming here because um, there was already enough of a presence for that to happen. And I believe George Takei actually talked about it. Oh, yeah. He wrote a book, actually. I have it. It's called um, They Called Us Enemy. Mm. He wrote actually like a manga book talking about when he grew up because he grew up on one of the concentration camps during the war. Um, yeah. And it was that book. I had to put it down a couple of times because I cried. But it was just crazy how people are being treated, like even today, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's still going on today. Like all the stuff happening to African Americans and Asians. And the Mexican. Like we've been Japanese in the 40s and we're putting people in cages now. Like, girl. Or even like Asians, like, it's crazy because like, like get beat up on the street because of it. Yeah. Let me let me not get started because I'm gonna rile myself up. But same. <laughs> but this, yeah. this is all of that like Pluto return stuff. It's like it's all coming back to the surface, and it never really went anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was never really addressed, and it can continue to be unaddressed. And it's not divisive if we're like, hey, like. Let's actually, like, let's be great instead of just calling ourselves great. Like, let's be rather than seeming to be. Let's actually, like, fix the events in our country to the point where the image that we're projecting out to the outer world is true to life and it's all so good, right? right? And then I saw on Twitter there was somebody, he was like, you know, we lied about the healthcare system in Canada being broken and blah, 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 whatever. So we could jack up the prices and make people pay. And now that we're in the space of pandemic, now that we're in the space of the pandemic and our healthcare system is as garbage as it is, it like it started to weigh on his conscience. And it's just a lot of stuff that wasn't working. <laughs> 
we're we're okay. we're starting to see how how broken a lot of systems really were. And that's your Pluto return, I guess. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so right. we've been through Pluto, <laughs> Neptune. We touched on Neptune and a little bit of Uranus. Yeah, Uranus. Uh, so let's talk about Saturn. <laughs> so Saturn, let's do Saturn last. Because that's Saturn the last? one. Yeah, that's the one I really want to talk about. Okay, um, so let's go to Jupiter then. Let's go to Jupiter. So, so Jupiter comes roughly every 12 years. Jupiter is that planet of expansion, that planet of wealth, generosity, right? Mm-hmm. Jupiter, we call Jupiter Jupiter Daddy, okay? He's Sugar Daddy Jupiter. Jupiter. He's I Sugar Daddy Jupiter. Jupiter. Daddy Saturn. Jupiter. Jupiter gets everybody. But Jupiter, you just, you one of the bunnies on the ranch, girl. You one of the bunnies <laughs> in the house. With Saturn, it's like you know you special if he treats you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously, though. Sugar Daddy Jupiter is like, oh, I see you. You ready for that blessing here? Bam. Shellac. You got it. Like, I just, I just love Jupiter energy. Yeah. That, you know, the benevolence, you know? So <laughs> that was her in Charleston. It's every 12 years. Yeah. So I think that's interesting because so you get like two Jupiter returns before you hit a Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And Jupiter is the expansion. Mm-hmm. So it's like those could be, you know, everyone has a different experience in life. Um, but those could be the times that make you feel like really good or when you're in your prime, right? Like when you're 12 years old, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm almost a teenager. Like what? <laughs> it's about to be so cool. When you when you when you in your mid or your early to mid 20s, you like, I'm young, you're maybe out partying, <laughs> having whatever. Maybe that's when you start or maybe <laughs> back in the past, back in the day, when you start like working and maybe you get your first place and maybe around that time, some people start to marry or they start to build families or they start to travel or they start to really think about while they are still having fun like making that transition into like you know maybe like what do i want to do long term but then saturn comes around at 29 and it's like (laughs) (laughs) it's like boom oh my god dose of reality (laughs) and i guess that's what I mean, I said we was going to do Saturn last, but Saturn is that planet of like boundaries and restrictions and foundations. He. Okay. Saturn. Are we talking about Saturn now? (laughs) Yeah, we're doing Okay. Saturn. He's the father, right? He's like, okay, I'll reward you, but I'm going to see you're going to work for it. He's that planet. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, I mean, me, you were talking about this previously. A lot of people freak out about their Saturn return, you know, because they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, I feel like I'm going to go through this giant test or some type of like trial or tribulation, you know? Well, apparently Saturn is notorious for, um, <laughs> for, for really rocking people. It's about the space of a, it could potentially be about the space of a quarter life crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think one of the people, one of my uh, friends, question mark, <laughs> he's uh, about the space of his Saturn return. And he was like, I think I'm having a quarter life crisis. Well, I had my quarter life crisis at 24. So <laughs> I was in my Jupiter return having a quarter life crisis. So <laughs> Jupiter ain't do nothing for me. <laughs> like, that's what I think is funny, though, because like, even though Jupiter is like the planet of like expansion and like blessings. When it comes around, like, like during, like, let's just say day to day, like, if Jupiter is like squaring or trining something in my chart, then it's like awesome. But I feel like when I was twelve and twenty four, that I was kind of like at the low points of my life. Mm-hmm. When I think about it, so I think that's kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I feel about the same. But I think that for me, those were the points and times in my life where. I was the least open to expansion. And so they could that have been really beautiful points. They could have been this like, oh my gosh, but I had such a right. view of what I'm able and capable of doing that it triggered a crisis instead of like, oh my gosh, I could do all of these things. Right. For me, it's like, look at all this stuff I can't do. Right. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. that would make sense. Oh, girl. <laughs> There you are. <laughs> I was like, the Craig leave, Craig. No, not again, Craig. Please. Oh my gosh. Oh no, we shouted out Craig before. Craig is the, the wonderful, amazing bot that helps make this possible. And he just left in episode three. He wouldn't leave at the end of episode four. Yeah, that editing for that episode was I didn't even uh, ask you, but it seemed like I'm you got it up. So I was just like, oh, girl, I guess it worked out. Uh, but yeah, like Saturn, I don't know. Like, I, I just started my Saturn return, so I can't really say it because I'm not in like the depth of it, right? But mm-hmm. we were also talking about before how, like, you know, like you were saying before with the Jupiter returns that we had that our minds open to the expansion, that could have been a totally different experience right right so talking about a saturn return if you're working against the grain right if you're working against the system of course it's going to be difficult and hard but if you just let things flow you know instead of trying to i don't know force on the universe because the universe is going to balance itself out whether you like it or not just flowing with it, I feel like it's a better experience, you know? Right. Like, for me, I've just been, I've been learning how to flow for the past couple of months, you know? Um, doing what, you know, lights me up and really just flowing with it because we're no longer in an age where just doing something to survive is feasible. Right. And I feel like one of the bittersweet things of 2020, a lot of people were doing things like to make a living, to make ends meet. And then all of a sudden it's like everything. And like for the people who lost years and years of savings and things of that nature, like I can't even imagine how that must have felt. But that was the opportunity to be like, things 
could shift and change at any moment. Right. There were so many people who, who used to go to work, used to go to school, and so you know the people in your house is whatever. But now y'all can't go nowhere. Now right. you really have to live with the people that you live with, and you have to live with your choices, and you can't escape to work, you can't escape to school. All of these things that societally, right, sort of are supposed to make sense and are supposed to give us stability. Everything. There are some things that still kept kept running. Shout out to the essential workers who did they ever get compensated fairly for what they do, girl? And for the ones who didn't have a choice but to go to work, right? We, again, we ain't getting into all of it today. We ain't that ain't what this is about. <laughs> shout out, shout out to essential workers. We appreciate oh, you. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the grocery store or something. That- in the world too, because it's the good out of house. Um, but I live in a town where we was already going to Walmart for fun anyway. Right. People are like, oh, we're gonna go out to Walmart. Walmart. To time. <laughs> there ain't, ain't much in cornfield, soybeans, Illinois. But um anyway, it did really sort of show us that it's like there is more to life. And also the things that you do for stability, it, it may not, it's not as guaranteed as you think it might be. And I know last year around this time, one of the things that really hit me, it was like, if I'm going to struggle in life anyway, if there's always going to be a challenge in life. I'd rather struggle or I'd rather face challenges in arenas that I want to be in. Like right. I don't want to struggle or face challenges for something that I don't want that doesn't fulfill me that might pay the bills but leaves me more and more hollow after every day. Right. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I'd rather struggle upward than struggle in the muck and the quicksand. Right, and that's the main thing about a Saturn return. You know, just let it do what you love because at the end of the day, that's going to fulfill you more than anything else. Right. And yeah. I think that's that is one of the like you said, like Saturn is a planet, like Jupiter gives you money. Saturn mm-hmm. gives you allowance. Like and the the allowance <laughs> is the one that you work for. If you don't do your chores, you don't get allowance. Like you know how this works. <laughs> now, growing up, I ain't get too much of an allowance, but also <laughs> I did to make sure. So it's a trade-off that I'm willing to uh I was willing to to live with. <laughs> um but that's, I think, from a lot of people or from most people, what I've heard when they went through their Saturn returns, it was like them not doing the things that they knew they needed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like Saturn, it's it's related to these things that like you're already knowing that you need to do. You're already feeling there are already these ways that you need to take care of yourself mentally, emotionally, maybe even spiritually. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's like Saturn is a planet of the foundation and it's trying to give you a good one. But when that return hits, when Saturn is like, let's let's think about it like noon, right? When the sun at noon, it's at its highest point, it's probably the hottest, it's the brightest, the sun is right overhead. That's where Saturn is like, I'm not rising, I'm not setting, I'm right here. You know, it took some time for me to rise to this position and I was letting you know. But since you want to do it the hard way, we's going to do it the hard way. And I think a lot of people got rocked by their returns. And a like, again, a few of the people, it was like, you know, there are these things that are already new. Like, it was this group of people I was hanging out with that I, I knew weren't good for me. 
mm-hmm. maybe like something about your health. And again, you can look at your houses. Like if you have Saturn in your sixth house natally, and we talked about going to Cafe Astrology or wherever to get your birth chart. If you have your birth time and place of location, you can get the house system. Um, but like if Saturn is in your sixth house and you have a Saturn return there, that could be a health uh, thing because the sixth house is our daily routines. It's our health. It's the house of Virgo. Or it's a house associated with a lot of Virgo sort of things. Um, if your Saturn return is in the ninth house, um, maybe let's say that you wanted to pursue a degree. I, I just saw somebody in their 30s. I think she was going for her PhD. Mm-hmm. Um, like the ninth house is the house of higher learning, higher education. It's one of the Jupiterian houses. Um, it's also the house of Sagittarius. But like that may be the time where like, let's say that you want to progress your education. Uh, maybe you didn't do it earlier in life or you went to work for a little bit and now you want to go back and get your master's or your MBA. Maybe you want to do something more um, like globally or like you want to travel and that might be the space where you start to travel and i don't necessarily fully know how saturn would be like you know but um and wherever it falls in your house is where it's gonna hit you right and the sign is too yeah Yeah. the sign in the house definitely those two together give you a pretty accurate picture Mm -hmm. of where it may most affect you because our Saturns are in Aquarius. That's why we're going yes. through a Saturn return, because Saturn is back <laughs> in Aquarius. You know, that's what it means when it's back in the sign and degree that it was when you were born. Um, but, like, mine is in the 11th house. So I've been feeling since, like, January strong, like, I want to connect to people. I want to start, like, maybe not building my own community, but being a participant in a community. I want to start opening up. And I want to, like, for me, I've always cared about people, but I've never felt like it was my job or my responsibility to be, like, a good Samaritan. Especially mm-hmm. with me being all this, being in a country, facing some people that don't even too much care about me sometimes, mm-hmm. it seems like. It's like, I don't feel no responsibility to y'all know. But now I'm like, you know what? I, I I don't know if it's necessarily a responsibility that I feel as much as it is a desire. And so that's why, again, when Risha hit me up, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is part of what I've already been feeling. And, um, again, like lately I've been more open, more vulnerable and sharing in some spaces. And I find myself in a community and sorry to hijack this girl. Cause this is, no, 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 you're fine. I was just thinking about my Saturn return because I was like, wait, my Saturn return is in the 12th house. That makes sense, though. <laughs> Which is like the subconscious, right? Yeah. And I, you now that, because at first I was like, oh, girl, the 12th house, what's that? The 12th house <laughs> is like the house of asylums and prisons and the subconscious and all that, like deep Piscean afterlife. Stuff, the things that we kind of sort right. of to the grave with us. That's that's all. Right. So, uh, me like trying to figure out, like, okay, like, because obviously there's no way to prepare for a return. <laughs> like, you can't. Really... Well, I mean, I feel like with a lot of returns, though, I feel like you'll know. 
Right. Like it'll be, I feel like, especially with Saturn, it'll be playing on things that you're already feeling led to do. It's right. just that, like, if you're not doing them, it's going to put you in a position where you have to. Right. So for me, like, I would say a daily practice to prepare for my Saturn return would be to meditate every day. You know, even a five minute meditation, something's better than nothing. Right. My personal daily routine. You know, after I shower, everything else, brush my teeth. I make space for myself to sit with my emotions and my thoughts. Or if some situation came up, to sit with it and break it down. Right? So I take the time to ask myself, like, why am I feeling this way? Or what does my body need today? Right? Like, giving myself the space for you know like higher self spirit to come in you know and then i chant mantras every day so so far i've been good you know hey. that's all the way i prepare because like i don't know how else to prepare for a 12th house like saturn return well if but, you yeah. think about like the 12th house as the opposite of the sixth the sixth house mm-hmm. would be like your physical health and right. The factors and the implications of that. And then the 12th right. health would be like your spiritual health, your mental, emotional health. Yes. And if you're not taking care of that, then you're going to get <laughs> that, like that heavy 12th house, not great energy. But right. that's also a part of what you've been doing for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like going back to what we talked about maybe in the last episode because i think the last episode was journeys no last episode was the full new moon new moon and aries girl new moon sorry, aries. The, the one about journeys when i was like <laughs> i noticed that like there were certain things that you had stopped doing to take care of like your mental health mm-hmm. and with the tour house to be in the house of asylums <laughs> and things like that those are the things that it's like if you're not taking care of it it's going to drive you to a point where it's like it all wears on the body right. but with with the sixth house it's a little easier you know with the 12th house our emotions our stress levels our hormones all of that affects right. and you've been in a position of getting yourself mentally emotionally and spiritually right and like you said yeah. making that time to sit with your emotions and be mindful and actually process the things that you're going through rather than letting it just pile up to the point where <laughs> you had a return, and like maybe if you think about it, like had you not last May made whatever transitions and choices, and then started your journey in September, mm-hmm. in September, like you could have theoretically been at a point now if you continue to live at you as you were living of having a mental breakdown, right, or worse, <laughs> right, and that would have been like a September return. It would have forced you to be like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Right. I need to do this like I right. And for a lot of people, again, and I think that's a little bit of the the timing of 2020. Also, astrologically, we had the Christmas star Saturn Jupiter conjuncted in Aquarius. Apparently, they've been conjuncting in Earth signs for like roughly the past 200 or 800 years. I don't remember. Like I said, I ain't astrologer, but it's been admitted. And that, <laughs> huh? I said it's been a couple of centuries. 
Yeah. And it's really shifting the energy of like Saturn and shifting the energy right. of Jupiter and, and it's in this Aquarian airy, like what benefits a more global humanity rather than a select population. And yes. to have a time return from that space, I'm like, what? thank you. Right. Maybe that's, that's it because we are in the age of Aquarius and because both of our Saturns are in the sign of Aquarius. So it's like our age during the Aquarius. So, and not just that, but like, this is a good space. Like yeah. we were saying, this is a good space to be in. This is a good time to have it. Yeah. And it, right? I feel like to emphasize though, like, it's not for the lack of the work that we're doing. Right. And that's what really, I feel like that's what really makes the biggest difference. Yes. It's like willingly doing the things that you're working on. And then it's like now Saturn is giving you an allowance. Instead of being like, why are you doing your chores? Right. <laughs> you're I mean, getting allowance. Right. But it's also like, you have to think about astrologically what's happening right now too. So like my natally my Saturn return is happening, but also like in the Astros now we have Venus that's really active, right? So that's like the planet of love and abundance. So a combination of those energies was happening like astrologically during your Saturn return. I feel like can also have an effect on it. I personally, I would say yes and no. Yes. Because it's still that like, like, what are you doing though? Right. And cause like, there, I think like for me, I'm, I, I experience astrology different. Mm -hmm. A lot of people like, in this energy, it's like a lot of people, they were saying like they woke up feeling weird or like they've been aggressive or they didn't know why they were so aggressive or Never with that Aries stellium. Mercury and Aries. A lot of I was seeing quite a few people that were like, "Yeah, it's like it's so weird today." And so, like, why v while Venus is there and while Venus is getting a lot of attention, she's also at detriment in Aries. Like, she doesn't right. like being Aries. It puts her no. in an energy that she's not really used to. Mm -hmm. She's used to sort of, you know, like being on the throne, kicking her feet up, getting what she wants. She's not yes. necessarily the planet that's out there making things happen. Right. And so there is a lot that can give us. And I think mm -hmm. like what you were saying, or at least it's like, you know, how you position yourself within that energy where you mm -hmm. can experience some of the higher and some of the, the, the better of what it can give you. Or on the lower side, you can experience like the not so great. Right. So that's why I'm like, yes. But for me, I would also be like, you know, mm -hmm. right. Don't sell yourself. Don't sell yourself short. You are doing, you are doing a lot. <laughs> My double return and Mars and Saturn at the same time. <laughs> right. So, okay, so that was Jupiter and Saturn. Let's, let's work our way back down wow. to Mars. Let's go to Mars. Let's Mars go to Mars. Is next. <laughs> so right. Mars okay. happens every Two years, it's it has an orbital period of six hundred and eighty-seven days. Hmm. So right. You'll have so, that Mars return roughly every two years. So let's let's talk about this Mars, right? Ruled by Aries. <laughs> Aries season. <laughs> <laughs> um planet of action, right? Planet of ambition, courage. Also, since it's such a fiery planet, it can also be a planet of passion. 
Mars is considered the lover and um, just in general, like the lover or like the boyfriend type of energy. <laughs> um, for, for me, I would say I took this opportunity, this Aries season slash my Mars return to start something new, to take action, right? Um, I started something that I never thought I would do, putting myself out there, making a YouTube channel, you know, starting this podcast. This podcast was started during airy season, mm-hmm. you know. That was and one of been- the things that she was adamant about. She was like, in airy season, we start in this. And my little Pisces never do nothing. So I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, like, I thought this was just something that like, we were talking about. I thought we were just like brainstorming. Like, you actually want to do it? <laughs> Yes. I was like, it's the astrological new year. We have to start now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel like that was something again, or at least from what you've told me, if I'm remembering correctly, like you starting the channel and you doing the podcast, like those were things that you were already feeling more and more guided to do. Yeah, I think it's a lot of times, again, it's like we're not in a position of doing because like I'm a firm believer that you don't have to follow astrology. You don't have to know what the transits are to be where you need to be in life. Mm-hmm. There are things that we naturally feel pulled to, naturally feel guided to, and it's like whether or not we actually follow through on that is when, like if you're in the space of a Saturn return or if you're in the space of a harsher return, like you're really going to feel the pull of not doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Um, and I guess, you know, we could talk about Dharma. We're not going to talk about Dharma, but we could talk <laughs> about Dharma. Um, and that being sort of like the things that you have to do in this lifetime. And it's you being in the position to do those things. And mm-hmm. I do believe that we're kind of sort of always where we're meant to be. But I also believe that there are moments and times where we could take opportunities and we can shortcut certain learning periods or we can like, you know, bypass certain lessons or certain suffering by not doing what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Because eventually you'll get that turnaround, maybe, or you might not, if you choose that for yourself over and over. Um, but just saying, like, those were things that you were already feeling guided to do. And so when your return happens, you're doing it. And so you're good. And you're experiencing higher alignments and higher aspects of these energies. And one of the things that I personally am not a huge fan of with a lot of traditional astrologers is that, like, they'll talk about an aspect or a transit. So a transit is how the planets are currently moving in the sky. So like they'll talk about, let's say, um, Mars and Gemini as, I don't know if, you know, limited knowledge, girl. But maybe they'll be like, you know, that's a time of war. Like every time Mars is in Gemini, like we're fighting and this is happening and that's happening. And then a lot of times it seems like they'll talk about it in a very like, this is going to happen again. Instead of a like, we know that this is like, this is an energy that's going to present itself. So, how can we learn from history instead of repeating history? Right. Um, How can we do what we are, are, like, how can we do what the universe is asking us to do, where we're feeling guided to do what the divine is instructing us to, to prevent that, that dharmic 
mismatch. Um, right. So yeah. But but some of the transitions are also like I feel like can't affect us happening in the sky. For example, I told you this back in February. <laughs> Mars was clashing with Jupiter. So you have this fiery sign, right? Clashing with the planet of electricity. That day, the minute it clashed, I like my freaking like deep freezer went out. Oh. And we had that whole fiasco trying to figure out how are we going to get the deep freezer here because it couldn't fit in the car. And it was a whole day thing. It was huge. We had to call an Uber, SUV Uber, to like pick up the new deep freezer because we were like, it won't sit up because, you know, when it's not sitting up, it has to like be off for 24 hours. And we're like, oh my God, but we have to save the food. So it was like a huge thing. So I think that was just like something like that happened just simultaneously you know, just I thought that was crazy. I was like, okay, we have the fiery planet clashing with Jupiter, and just so happens my deep freezer goes out at the same time. Like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And I feel like that, like that is true. Like, there are things that do like happen, and there are things that pop up. I'm not gonna say that there isn't like any merit in it, right? But I think as like for me personally, it's like right. whenever it's that like personal development stuff. That's right. like okay, well, like, like let's work through our issues because some 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 things in life are just going. <laughs> some things are out of your control, and like you were start like you were saying earlier before, I was like, <laughs> you're like there are some <laughs> things that like we really can't prepare for. Like how are you right. supposed to prepare for the deep freezer going in? Right, I was like, what the deep freezer went out? We went in there. We were like, oh god, it's not freezing. The ice is gone. What's what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the deep freezer is hotter than it is in the house. Oh my gosh. Right. I was like, oh my gosh, no, all the food, all the food, like hundreds of dollars worth of food. Oh, <laughs> did y'all say, were y'all able to save the food? Oh, yeah, we were able to save it. Um, okay. As long as you keep it closed, like it's fine. You keep it closed, don't open it as much, just to keep the cold air in. You know, mm -hmm. the only thing we lost was like some frozen bananas because they got mushy, but other than that, Bananas are nasty anyway. I call that a win. I'm just swear. Uh, <laughs> I, I, like I, like like uh, I like them smoothies. I just, I don't, I eat like <laughs> after the second bite, it just like it makes me want to like throw up. I'm like, if I eat another bite of this banana, I'm just gonna. I mean, but that's why you eat a smoothie because we can't taste it. You can't taste it in the smoothie. I don't like the flavor either. Only I'm thing I think is weird about bananas is like I don't like the the skin stuff, the strings that come off of it that like drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's uh, like I like peeling them. I just don't like eating them. So that's Mars. I'm about to have a Mars return. My Mars is in Cancer. Oh yeah. Oh, oh girl, I might be going on a trip during your Mars return. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I want to see. I'm curious. And there's um, so with this trip, I'm being really hands off. Yes. And because usually, like, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I'm not doing this. I'm not paying for that. If y'all gonna do that, y'all doing that without me, and I ain't paying a dime. I'm not contributing nothing because I ain't gonna do it. And so this time, you know, I'm like, I'm just going with the flow. I trust the people that I'm going with. 
Right. I need to not be so uh right because your Mars since your Mars is in Cancer, that's like the emotion, right? Because cancer is a very emotional sign. They say that people with Mars is in Cancer is crazy. My Mars crazy. my Mars is in Gemini. So. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> So I might be so crazy, like, but I ain't that crazy. That's like, that's like communication because Gemini is a sign of communication, right? So like mm. fiery communication. <laughs> I'm thinking that's I mean, fiery, fiery communication sound like, them sound like fighting words to me. I mean, that sounds like speaking your truth and not worrying about how other people are going to view you. That's what that looks like. See, but sometimes it's important to remember that people have feelings. <laughs> But at the same time, yeah, you know, speak your truth. Don't give no, no, no cares. But also, I mean, coming at it, coming at it from outside of the ego, right? So not doing it to prove yeah. a point, but actually being authentic, you know. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, just being careful to not get in trouble with your mouth, you know. Yeah, what they say: don't let your mouth write a check that your butt can't cash. <laughs> <laughs> if you got Mars and Gemini, just make sure you know how to how to throw some hands. I'm just playing. We don't right. encourage. Parts. One having a lot to say and two not saying it. Right. That well, that's the two twins in Gemini. Maybe one twin is like, oh, I'm a and the other twin is like, maybe we shouldn't grow. One of them is like, oh, I'm gonna let you have it. The other one's like, no, nah, don't don't even like right. one's the intuition, it was the ego. Just like <laughs> and Mars is like, I'm about to go off of you. What who was that? I feel like it was like somebody was like bilingual. Maybe, Ooh. maybe I'm making this up and like I'm about to go off on you in two languages. Who? <laughs> like I don't in the remember. intuition and in the ego. Maybe not. Maybe I'm making it up. When I think about somebody going off, I think of Luan Legacy from YouTube. <laughs> Ooh, girl, Luan, back in the day, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I remember Slicer. <laughs> yeah, Slicer. Every now and then, I'll just be like, I see a school with a light and some grass. <laughs> I see a school with a light. And some grass. grass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sometimes I go back and watch his videos, like every blue moon. Just like, oh my god, I miss his videos. I miss his YouTube channel. Well, he got into dancing and he got like fit. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that was a little. Maybe that was a Mars return moment for him. Right. <laughs> like body, right? Or it was um, because I know he won King of the Web. But he wouldn't have been 24 at that point. Because I think we're the same age. And he is wasn't he the same age as us? I thought or so. Is he, I mean, I or is he older than us? Oh. No, he ain't older than us. Well, he might oh. be your age. I'm younger. I mean, that's one year older. That's not really. <laughs> uh, well, my All son right. of a is next year. So that ain't what? That ain't uh, what? That's all year. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. Uh, so let's get so, back on topic, guys. That so, was Mars. Yeah, so let's go roughly. go to Venus. So Venus is roughly every year. And Mer- Venus, Mercury, and the sun are like mm-hmm. roughly every year. And that's because, you know, the sun, we move around the sun one full rotation, revolution. We make one full revolution every 365 and some change days. And so that's why we have a solar return every year. And Mercury and Venus are so close to the sun that they make their full rotation 
in less time than it takes for us to make a full rotation around the sun. So that's mm -hmm. why the sun, Mercury, and Venus, you'll get those at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about the ones that happen that often. <laughs> for me, my Venus is in Aries. And I told oh, y'all about my Venus return already. I already told y'all about that Venus Spicy. It hit it's me spicy. this year. It hit me last year. I was a thirsty mess. <laughs> That's so funny. Because, okay, guys. Venus is the planet of love, the planet of emotional, the planet of creativity, the planet of beauty. This named after the goddess, right? The goddess mm -hmm. Venus. You know what I mean? So you're getting that love aspect. And not just that, but the sign for Venus is like the female sign. Right? It's like mm -hmm. how Mars is the male sign. Um, and Mercury is the. Is it transgender sign? I don't know. Uh, I saw it on a card, and I have the Pride Tarot, and it's LGBTQ uh, and ally themed. Right. And I, think, I think the trans sign looked like Mercury, mm. but it might not have. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. Right. No, you're good. So, yeah. So Venus is a.k.a. the girlfriend. <laughs> so you're getting all this like feminine energy, this creativity. You're, you know, really focusing on beauty, pleasures. You know, my personally, my Venus is a Libra, the sign of Libra. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Libra is like the flirtatious. <laughs> like. I that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> no, I'm looking at the signs and I'm like, yeah, so Mercury is not the transgender sign, but it is the hermaphrodite one, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because Mercury is the only planet that is um, hermaphroditic. It has right. both feminine and masculine qualities. So right. That's why I was like, oh, that makes sense. All right. So, so you're Venus Libra. Yes. <laughs> what were you saying? I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. So, yeah. So, Mercury. The oh. planet. Yeah. Oh, girl, well, we still hold on. Wait, I got a little bit more to say about Venus. Um, Venus rules Libra, so that's a good placement. Right. <laughs> so, but, yeah, my, my Venus, when I get that Venus return in Aries, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> and every time I'm, I'm like, I need to put myself on deep freeze. I need to not talk to nobody. But I do. <laughs> See, I but at this that. point in my life, like I've lost. Well, because my Venus is in Aries, All right? And so Venus in Aries is the chaser. Venus in Aries is the I like a challenge. I'm a bed you down. Like spicy. if you think about Scorpio, Venus Mars rules Aries. Mars rules Scorpio. You got Venus in Aries. It could be a little Scorpionic, but you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> But for me, oh, yes. it's like my Venus is also in the 12th house, mm -hmm. like firmly in the 12th house. Like my 12th house starts at Pisces and ends at Taurus. So my Venus is all the way in the 12th house. And so most of the time, like, it's fine. But when I get that Venus return, I'm like, okay. I mean, this is why I need a ring on this finger so I can be as... Anyway, let's go to Mercury. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Because my, yeah, my Venus is in the seventh house. <laughs> mm. Oh, Anderson Libra. Yeah, Anderson Libra. So. 
And that'll be around the time of that's like what a month. So Mercury at the most will be one sign away from the sun. I think mm-hmm. Venus at the most will be like two signs away or maybe a sign and a half because they're so close to the sun relative to Earth. Um, that's right. also why like the sun, Mercury and Venus astrologically are pretty close. But outside of that, you can get planets like anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'll be like around the time of your birthday. Well, I guess it's always like that, isn't it? Always. <laughs> so I wonder if you get like a little like I want somebody around that time, or maybe not. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay. This year. Libra though, Libra is very like aesthetic. Too. I'm all about aesthetics. Like that's yeah. <laughs> So maybe like around that, like Venus and Libra's like, oh, like I'm really getting into this aesthetic lately. Like I just I've been on this rose water whatever kick for a minute. Maybe not. We'll see. Well, when we True. when we I'm when we make it to your Venus return, we'll come back. I told y'all about my Venus return. I've been thirsty. So. <laughs> I mean, I've been thirsty quite literally. I drink rose water. I cleanse my face with it. Like. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love rose water, guys. It's so good for you and your skin. My Venus in Aries is like is like five times a day too much. <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm, oh kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay. Mercury. Mercury. Yeah. Mercury. Okay, Mercury. Planet of communication. Planet mm-hmm. of intellect. Planet of interaction. The messenger planet, right? Mm-hmm. And as you were saying in the beginning, the reason why it goes through so many retrogrades is because it's the one that goes around the sun the quickest because it is closest to the sun. So obviously, my Mercury is in Virgo because I have major Virgo placements. <laughs> my Mercury's in Pisces, and my it's Mercury so is also in the seventh house with my Venus. Mercury's opposed. Your Mercury in Virgo, my Mercury in Pisces. Right. Sorry. Our son's opposed to. She's a Virgo, I'm a Pisces, but we're besties. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works out because of my moon and um rising placement. Yeah, so. and then my moon and rising are Taurus, so Taurus Virgo. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can do right. that. Right. Earthy signs, and then we have that air and that water. Mm-hmm. I, like <laughs> I appreciate Aquarius's uniqueness. As a Pisces, <laughs> I can get down with that. Right. I'm like I'm over this world too, girl. Let's let's leave. <laughs> I'm just um, uh, Mercury return. I don't. I don't know. I mean, mm. when you think Mercury, you think retrograde before right. return. You'll think about retrograde before you think about a return. I know. Last year mm. and the year before, Mercury retrograded in Pisces. <laughs> so. It was a Mercury oh. retrograde. I don't think it retrograded on my degree, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. I think it was earlier Pisces. I'm a late. Uh, my Mercury is like 24 degrees Pisces, so it's a lot later. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, well, Mercury is retrograde. I'm, my Mercury is in Pisces. Maybe I just sound extra dumb around that time or something. I feel like the struggles of like a 12th house Mercury or a Mercury in Pisces is that sometimes... like. Mercury is the mind. And Pisces is yeah. like that 12th house energy. It's the dream. It's like, how do you... Have you ever tried to tell somebody about a dream? 
or make sense out of a dream. Like that's Mercury and Pisces, like trying to make sense out of a dream. And there have been so many times I feel like where I might like struggle to find a word or struggle to find the exact word I want. Or I'll just lose a train of thought. My train of thought will just disappear in the middle of a sentence. And I'd be like, what was I talking about? Or like when I'm talking to some people, I think sometimes I may sound a little uh, not all the way there. Also, oh. I do have a little bit of a wandering mind. So sometimes I'm in the middle of a conversation, but that ain't just people with Mercury and Pisces. Maybe. <laughs> but I have noticed, though, because I know a few other Pisces and their Mercuries are in Aquarius, I believe. And when they lose their train of thought, they can get it back relatively mm-hmm. like easily most of the time. But most of the time, my train of thought is gone. I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm moving on because I don't know where that went. Right. And so that's why I'm like, maybe I just sound extra like lost or I struggle more than often or i might like speak over my words also 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 my mercury is natally retrograde so i was born when mercury was retrograde i was born when mercury was in pisces i was born when mercury was in the 12th house mercury don't like any of those don't like pisces don't like the 12th house and it don't like to be retrograde so <laughs> i'm like but it's, it's giving me a unique perspective and i will say that like a 12th house Mercury and a Mercury in Pisces, like my brain works in metaphor. It works in like storytelling and relating things to other things. And in my mind, it's like, I can see two things as being related in a way that a lot of people probably wouldn't. But it's benefited me in learning because now Mm -hmm. it, it puts me in a position to like link things that aren't necessarily immediately uh, connectable and it, it makes it easier to learn. I'm like, oh, like this is like this. Okay. This is like that. Okay. And also it puts me in a position of like, I'm able to follow a story. I don't need to know every single detail at every single step. And right. so for me again in learning, because I was in school so long, it's like as the teacher is teaching, I can accept something as it is and then build upon it. And it's like, oh, okay. And I know right. a lot of people, or some people, they're like, I need this to make sense before I can continue. Like, like this don't make sense to me. This don't make sense. Like, can you clarify this? And I low could be like, well, if you listen long enough, eventually it'll make sense. <laughs> but it ain't like that for everybody. So, right. How's your right. How's your Mercury and Virgo? I mean, Mercury and Virgo. It rules Virgo. It's it's not. It also rules Gemini too, doesn't it? Is it mm-hmm. rules Gemini? Yeah. yeah so. I mean, it's like, because Virgo's very earthy. So I feel like when I have that, it's mostly just me being more articulate, more stereotypical Virgo than I am. (laughs) Right, because I'm pretty balanced with like, I'm not too stereotypical Virgo because my moon and rising is in Aquarius. So I'm kind of flowy in a sense but i feel like during those times i become more like articulate more picky i'm i nitpick more mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know so yeah <laughs> that yeah okay. i see that oh my gosh all it's right like, oh. and the moon well the sun yeah. the sun you get the solar return every 365 days that's your birthday yeah. 
if right. you identify as a zodiac sign, you probably identify as your sun. That's what we go by a lot of times. They do right. say, though, if you follow a lot of horoscopes and newspapers and stuff, you right. should actually go by your rising sign instead of yeah. your sun sign. It's more accurate than your sun yeah. sign. And it'll tell you, like, because, again, your rising sign establishes all of the houses. And so right. if the sun is in your, like, the sun is in Pisces and you have Pisces in your 12th house. And if the moon is in Pisces and you have the moon in your 12th house, then you have two of these planets in your 12th house. Um, right. But if your rising is in like Taurus, then you're like, you'll be reading all of this 12th house stuff when second house stuff might apply. Like in that day, you may right. find some money because the, 12th, the second house rules like finances and possessions and things like mm -hmm. that. Um, but right, the sun, that's like your birthday. Right. Your son is like, your sun sign is kind of like how other people view you, right? Yeah. And then your moon sign is your emotions. And then your yeah. rising sign is like, what, how you view yourself in a sense? Well, they say that like your rising sign is like the impression that you give. It's like their first right. impression. And after people mm -hmm. get to know you more, they know your sun sign. And then after people really get to know you, then they hit your moon. Right. I don't like that because I'm a Taurus moon and rising. And I like to feel mysterious. But it's like when you first meet me, I may be like depending on where how my moon is feeling that day. I may be like super sweet, or I may be a little cold and standoffish. Um, right. And then you get to know me, and I'm like, I'm this Pisces. I'm caring. I'm compassionate. And then you really get to know me, and it's like, okay, so yeah, you you stubborn. You were stubborn. <laughs> like I thought you were a, a little stubborn at the jump. I saw that you can be flexible, but now I see how stubborn you are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't know. Me. You don't know. Me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I think it's funny because both of us have like a sign where like our moon and a rising sign are the exact same sign and not separate signs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, are you I can't remember. Are you a first house moon or a twelfth house moon? Oh, uh, let me look right quick. I forgot. I need to memorize my natal chart, guys. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had an astrology heavy phase and there were people who were like, pull out your birth chart, pull out your birth chart. So yeah, my moon, my moon and my Saturn are in 12th house. Oh, I'm a first house moon. But like, can't relate. Everything's almost everything's in my seventh house. Like Mercury, my sun, my Venus and my Jupiter are all in my seventh house. <laughs> Where's your Jupiter? Libra, right? Or is it in Virgo? <laughs> My Jupiter is a Virgo because I have mostly Virgo placements. What? My Jupiter is a Virgo. They're all in the <laughs> My Jupiter is retrograde. So, that's my luck. <laughs> uh, all right, okay. guys. So, we talked about all the planets and the sun. Let's talk about Chiron. Well, we, well, we skipped Chiron. But we also had the moon. We got the moon. Oh, yeah, we talked moon. about the moon. That's like the lunar return. Honestly, that happens so often. If you're a female... It might sync up with your cycle, potentially. Um, I don't know. Sometimes, I think more and more, I'm seeing more female sort of sync up to the like full moon, new moon cycle, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, but that's how, like they say, some people think it's a myth, but I actually think like, you know, your moon cycle can be affected by the phases. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if the moon affects the water and blood is like a certain percentage water, and if it's a, a fluid, then you know, 
Right. Um, but yeah, the lunar return every 27 and a half days. Honestly, time. my moon is in Taurus, so I just had a lunar return. I don't know how I feel. I'm like, mm, I don't... I feel good on those days. I feel really good. Maybe I, I mean, sleep more. Because my last one was really nice. It was really nice. Mm. But yeah, yeah so With the solar and the lunar return, um, you can get a lunar return chart or a lunar return report or a solar return chart or a solar return report. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like looking at where all of the planets are when you have your solar return or looking at where all of the planets are where you have your lunar return and some people um i think it's like if you look at your solar return like that'll be the energies for the, the your next year of life until your next solar return and if you look at the lunar return those will sort of be the energies until you hit another lunar return so within that lunar cycle um, there are a lot of different astrological mm-hmm. systems and a lot of different things that you can observe the progressed chart is something else so for every year of life the progressed chart will move your birth chart a day for every year it'll correspond to a day but chiron the infamous <laughs> chiron is every 50 years so what is chiron that's a real Both of our Chirons are in Leo. <laughs> so I like my Chiron in Leo. I didn't before, but I'm starting to heal it. Well, I kind of sort of still don't like it, but I'm learning to live with it. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's the goal in life, right? To heal those wounds. Mm-hmm. You know. And I mean, that's I like think, our <laughs> Yeah. And for me, like, I don't. I didn't typically like, I'm coming into an appreciation of it now. Mm-hmm. But before I was like, I got Chiron in a fire sign. My North Node is in a fire sign. My Venus is in a fire sign. But like I told you, she locked up. She only get action once a year. <laughs> and I'm a mass bird sign. Because <laughs> oh, I live 350 of these days <laughs> without that. No. Right. Yeah, uh, guys, both of our um, both of our Chirons are in Leo, and both of our North Nodes are in Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, and I was like not a huge fan of Leo energy, so as our as a fire energy, and I was like, I'm starting to get really fiery. I'm like, the more I heal my Chiron, and the more I have a voice, and the more I, I take up space, and the more I'm like in a position to be seen because Leo is the sun. Mm-hmm. And like the more I'm sort of like speaking my truth in that both the sun, but also with Sagittarius, and the more I'm like digging into stuff or like really exploring that, like North Node and Sagittarius, Sagittarian energy is also a little bit of preacher energy. Um, it's sort of it can be higher education, but it also encompasses religion and spirituality through those Jupiterian aspects of expansion. Uh, and so it could be like that could be a part of your journey as well. I'm like, I'm I don't necessarily want to share what I personally believe and I don't necessarily want to be in the spotlight. And I'm getting super fiery and I don't like it. And I'm like, I'm a Pisces and like I'm supposed to be nice. I'm on here like, yelling at people. Like y'all need to get to y'all need to get it together. Uh, wait, wait, what house is your north node in? The eighth house. 
Okay, my mine's in the tenth house. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that means that your south node is in the. Oh yeah, I, I think I said that. I was like, oh, your south node is in the fourth house. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. All right, both that. of our south nodes are in Gemini. <laughs> my south node is in my second house, so that means I'm stingy and selfish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a Taurus moon and rising, so that means I'm. Stingy. I'm not stingy or self. It's just like the things that I buy for a reason, it's like it's for that reason. Like if this is my feel good snack, you're not going to have any because it's so it's to make me feel good. Like I bought this for a purpose. Um, but for you know, me. some people, some people, I'm allowed to say no and not share. Right. <laughs> and it's funny though, because it's like my family, my mom would call me selfish. She's like, why are you nicer to everybody? Like, you're nicer to everybody else than you are to us. I'm like, what you talking about? I'm nice to y'all too. (laughs) 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 It's funny because my brother is a Taurus and he was selfish. See, because he was selfish too. Huh? I was selfish too because (laughs) what used to happen, my mom used to buy me a snack and then she asked, can she have some? And I'd be like, no. (laughs) Like, She's like, me, huh? like, you should have bought yourself one then. Excuse me. <laughs> this is my snack. You gave it to me. Oh, that was younger me. <laughs> but I know, because like sometimes he would waste stuff. I'm like, can I have it? He'd be like, no. And then he would throw it away. And then I'm like, see, you could have just gave it to me. Shook. That made At me least so shook. I'm being selfish. I'm going I'm to eat it. You just being selfish to be selfish. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Chiron. Leo, for us, every 50 years, you get a Chiron return. So we're actually in the space of having a Chiron trine because Chiron is an Aries. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, I guess I didn't talk about this. So a conjunction is like two things in the same sign, right? The sun is in Aries. The moon is in Aries, new moon. The sun and the moon in the same Mm -hmm. sign, conjunction. Um, A sextile is, it's uh, it's opportunistic. It's two signs away. It's 60 degrees in the chart. So uh, Mars was in Gemini. The sun was in Aries. And so when they hit exactly two signs apart, now your drive is giving you the opportunity to maybe be seen in some way. Um, That can be a favorable time, maybe to gain exposure. Um, A square, like when you said square Pluto was square in Mars. Mm Or Jupiter, Pluto, Mars was square in Jupiter when the deep freezer blew out. Um, <laughs> that's three signs away. Now, with the square being three signs away, it's going to be the same modality. So, like, if you're a Pisces or a Virgo, you're mutable. So, that'll be like Gemini and Sagittarius. Or if you're a Gemini, that'll be like Pisces and Virgo. Um, that's three signs away. And a square invites challenge. Um, it's disharmonious. It can be like two things trying to occupy the same space at the same time. And that may not necessarily always work. Trine mm-hmm. um, is four signs away. It's the same element. That's an easy way to remember the trine. And the trine is the most harmonious. It's like things just work, right? Like if you're um, a Pisces, Maybe you get along well with Cancers and Scorpios because you all sort of hold that emotionality 
uh, if you're a Virgo, maybe you get along with Tauruses and Capricorns because you all hold that like practicality or like what's feasible. If you're a fire sign, maybe you appreciate other fire signs because y'all all like to have a good time and y'all all like to be wild and crazy in the tanks. <laughs> Sorry. If you're an air sign, maybe you appreciate other air signs for that. Maybe a little bit of communication, but also like thinking and mm-hmm. that, like that fluidity. Maybe you appreciate a certain fluidity. Um, and then the last aspect is the opposition, where it's in the opposite sign. And you know that someday opposites attract. It can that that one a conjunction can kind of sort of work out anyway. Like you know, it's like when you go to school with the same people. Some of the people you see every day you get along with. Some of the people you see every day you don't get along with. Um, but the opposition, like if that's the sun in Taurus and the moon in Scorpio, that'd be a Scorpio full moon because it's the opposite of the sun, and that's the next that's next moon Scorpio full moon. Um, Super moon. Yeah, I'm ex- well. I would say I'm excited for that, but that last moon it freaked me out. I don't like the moon being that big in the sky. I'm like, Ugh. it's too, it's too big, it's too close. Oh, the super moon of Libra. Oh, the super yeah. moon of Libra. We just had. I was like, girl, I'm like, this. yeah, the moon is so big. She was out early, like the sun wasn't even down, and she was bright. I was like, oh my goodness, she's so beautiful. She was I could stand her all day. I'm like, girl, like the sun ain't even like good, good, like gone. Like it ain't even your time yet. The sun is still out here. Stop staring at me. Ew. It was. Wait, is it a super moon full? Is it a super full moon eclipse? Whoa. For this, uh, is it an eclipse? Mm, I oh, think okay. the eclipse is on a new moon. Because that's where the sun and the moon are in the same position. Oh, like, oh. sky. And so that will be what? New moon, Gemini, mm-hmm. eclipse. Let me just make sure. Let me just make sure. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's just a super yeah. full moon for mm-hmm. this next one. Yeah, and then it's a new moon in Taurus. Okay, the okay, new moon Gemini might be the eclipse though. In no, it's the it's the super full moon in uh, Sagittarius. Oh, because it's a lunar eclipse. Yeah, yeah. so a, yeah, lunar a lunar eclipse will be on the full moon. The solar eclipse is on the new moon because that's where the sun and yeah. the moon are both in the same position. Right. So yeah, that was happening May twenty sixth. Definitely into the Earth's shadow. Right. And like last we'll year, people were like, "Man, if, I was like." To me, if a full moon is about manifesting because it's big and bright, but it's going into a shadow, I'm like, I don't know if I, like that ain't a moon I would manifest. I don't manifest on moons anyway, but if I did, I'm like, it's in the shadow though. Like, what's that about? Anyway, I mean, because technically, technically, the full moon is about releasing because it's the final moon of the season so like it think about it as like the winter it's the winter time for like the moon if you think about that way and then the new moon is a new start because there is no moon so it's the beginning because in the beginning it was darkness right you're creating you're manifesting so yeah (laughs) Um, i get them confused like every time (laughs) sometimes i get it right most of the time i get it wrong uh so chiron is every 50 years um what is that? Chiron so you is the wounded two. healer. You may get two. Huh? Oh, yeah, you might get two. <laughs> I said you may get lucky. <laughs> and on the, after that second one, you'll have a Uranus return. No. Yeah. 
Yeah, 84 years. Yeah, you'll have a Uranus return. You'll have a few Saturn returns under your belt. So, you know, hopefully that will be terrible. <laughs> um, have some Jupiter returns there, too. But I don't know. I don't know what uh, Chiron... Chiron is the wounded healer. So Chiron mm-hmm. can be the area where you give really good advice. You're good at healing other people, but you don't take it. You're still wounded. Like Chiron got good at healing because he tried to cure himself, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. But now, after everything he's trying, he knows what works for whatever else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would be a spot about the space of a midlife crisis, roughly. Uh, yeah, midlife 50. crisis could also be the second Saturn return. I don't know. I don't know too much about a Chiron return. We got Chiron trying right now. Um, I feel like I'm rocking my Chiron trying. Like I'm out I'm, here. I'm having a voice. Y'all hear me. Y'all don't see me, but if you find me on YouTube, you'll see me. Uh, follow him on YouTube. Follow her on YouTube. Eric Sonia. Check out. <laughs> yeah. Real <laughs> quick. Wait, what was that? How do you spell that? Don't spell it. I'm just like R I O K O R U K. Follow it's me. It's in the description box, guys. Just follow oh, this link. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all the planets. So that's, yeah, a that's all the planets. A little bit about returns. Uh, Risha <laughs> is going through her Saturn return and a Mars return. And again, like, I feel like a lot of people were like, oh, you coming upon your Saturn return? Ooh, that was a rough time in life. But I feel like times are changing. Things are different. Um, we're doing the things that we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. At least we we are, and we're trying. We're trying, yeah. and we're doing. Yeah. Um, and I was like, it would be really interesting for you to talk about this, like at the beginning, maybe at the end, and like going through just to provide a different perspective of what Saturn yeah. can do in a space of giving you your allowance rather than punishing you for not doing your chores. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So. so my personal Saturn return um, started today and it ends January of 2022. So, yeah, I'll give you guys a mid-update and then an update at the end. Is Saturn going to return? Is Saturn going to retrograde on your degree? Do we look at that? Is it? I, I hope not. We did not look. I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> I looked at mine, girl, then it ain't. I'm not having oh a god. triple return. Oh my god, I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know. Well, let me see when it'll retrograde. Yes. Three is your Saturn. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you said it's happening today, so it'll be the same degree. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, easy. That's happening today. 12 degrees? Yep, 12 degrees. So Saturn is going to, oh, girl, Saturn is going to retrograde at 13 degrees, and then it's going to go direct at six degrees. So you're gonna, it's going to hit you moving forward, it's going to go back and hit you, and then it's going to come back forward when it goes direct and hit you again. But you're good. You get, you get three allowances. I was just like, I was just like, dang, I'm about to get pimp slapped in the <laughs> It's like... <laughs> you'll be good you'll be all right, you'll be all right. i know it's just funny i was just like oh so, so, like- so stay 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 tuned for risha's saturn return <laughs> hey guys time for another saturn return update oh gosh <laughs> okay all right 
Love you guys. You're gonna. I'm gonna leave you with a random. Oh, y'all can't see it, but I just bought a huge, a glorious Saturn tapestry. Um, it's pink. I love Saturn. Saturn is my guiding planet. I only know that because of the Astro Matrix app. The guiding <laughs> planet is the one that's behind your sun. Um, so my sun is 10 degrees Pisces. My Saturn is 23, I believe, degrees Aquarius. So it's my guiding planet. If I'm a little anal or um, <laughs> rough or strict sometimes, it's because Saturn is my guiding planet. But I still love people. Venus is my chart ruler. Because my Taurus rising. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Where's your guiding planet? Is it Mercury? I you think so. Much, so much Virgo. <laughs> uh, I'm just an earthy person. We've talked about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ooh, uh, so much earth in my chart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, guys. So, well, yeah. Um... You water the cactus and the eucalyptus and the bamboo and the rose different amounts because, girl, you don't want to drown them or starve them. <laughs> so take care of yourself in the ways that you feel you need to. And don't worry so much about how other people are taking care of themselves. But if you need inspiration, you, know, you can look for it. Yeah. And I'll leave you guys with the quote I always leave you guys with. Remember that you're beautiful in all of your phases and whole, just like the moon. Bye, guys. Bye.